It's very early. It's about 10 to 7 a.m. this time. And <laughs> I think the last time I... No, no, it was a.m. last time I made a episode. I think my joke was that it was in the evening. It felt like the evening. I think I had been up all... That's what it was. I had been up all night. And I did get some sleep last night, so it doesn't feel like late night. I used to do that where I'd take a small nap in the evening. Around 8. And then wake up groggily around midnight or... Yeah, around 11. And then stay up till, oh, roughly about 12 hours, sometimes till 9, and start recording. You see, this isn't my first podcast. I had another one called The Electric Monk Podcast, and it sort of came across as a bit pretentious. It was just me chatting like this. Um, And coincidentally enough, there's a band, and I should have looked at it, because it's a very popular phrase. I got the term electric monk from a book by Terry Pratchett. The book was Kirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I think there was three books in the series. Maybe just two before his, his passing. Douglas Adams, that is. There was a, uh, a passage Oh, I'm trying to remember that passage. Promontory is the word. There's a passage at the beginning of one of the chapters from that book by Douglas Adams, Dirk Gently's Holist Detective Agency. (laughs) I think I got most of those words out still very early. How does it go? Oh. High on a rocky promontory sat an electric monk on a bored horse. What was the right? I want to read. I'm actually going to. I'm going to take a quick second, and I'm going to find that passage. Oh man, I haven't. I unfortunately have given most of my books away. Um, quite a few years ago. I decided to. Sorry about that pause, but it's deep in thought there. <laughs> Not really. But I did, um, quite a few years ago, decide to um, sort of become a little bit more selfless, if that's a thing. I think I'm getting that term right. And what I really wanted to do was sort of give up. Not monetary things. Everybody needs money. 
but the uh, oh, just the physical things, the trappings of life, the belongings, I guess. I think that's the word I'm looking for. The material things. That's what I mean to say. I mean, we have material things, like I'm sitting at a desk. I use it to draw. That's my meditative process. I need this chair, otherwise it, I'd have to raise the desk. Whoops! <laughs> I hit my little portable speaker. As I gestured wildly. The electric monk was a labor-saving device. Like a dishwasher or a video recorder. I laugh at that now because that quote from that book is a little out of date. We all have dishwashers, but we kind of gave up on recording video. Anyway, the introduction to the chapter goes on. Dishwashers washed tedious, tedious dishes for you, thus saving you the bother of washing them yourself. Video recorders watch tedious television for you, thus saving you the bother of looking at it yourself. Electric monks believed things for you, thus saving you what was becomingly, becoming <laughs> an increasingly onerous task, that of believing all things the world expected you to believe. There's a little documentary. In fact, um, I believe it's on YouTube. I'll double-check while I tell you about it. But there was a documentary, and that's how I learned about the further works of Douglas Adams. Um, it was a documentary about his work and his life. He was still alive then, so it was more of an interview show. But they would do over an hour-long, interesting documentary on the, the life of authors and actors and producers from England. So television show called The South Bank Show by London Weekend Televin Television. <laughs> Very tired. But Douglas Adams was interviewed, and that's actually how I learned about the term meme. In fact, that might be one of the larger, more uh, pop culture distributions of that phrase, meme. You and I, we use meme every day. Most of the cool kids on the internet are following the latest memes. <laughs> I'm just pausing here because I'm trying to remember the name of the, the fellow who coined the term meme. I think it was a, in a book called The Selfish Gene? No, The Selfish Thought. Richard Dawkins. Well, there's a brief interview with him chatting with Douglas Adams about the word meme, and my mind just became alive with the concept of how thoughts and concepts are repeated not only daily, but culturally. But it was also in that show that I learned about the further works of Douglas Adams and gave very little further attention past watching that show until I started hearing it, or uh, that term on that show. I 
till I started hearing it in popular culture, the meme. And I think it was a play on words, on gene, and how it self-replicates. It, to me, seemed like a whimsical science fiction concept. I was very heavily into not only um, some science fiction writing with Heinlein and, and, and Adams and, and uh, oh gosh, who's the guy who wrote Dune? Frank Herbert. Well, that's beside the point. But I thought of it more as a science fiction-y kind of concept where an idea could self-replicate. But it was a, a term I think he just needed for uh, as a literary device, as he described. The concept of how ideas and now art are repeated. Here we have the NFT and how easy, easily uh, replicatable an NFT really is. But the strange social contract that comes with the certification and purchase of said <laughs> electronic meme. I, I, I'm laughing because it's so strange to me. Uh, when I adopted the name Electric Monk, or just sort of found it fascinating so many years ago, because I only recently adopted the idea of being part of the Electronic Monastery. Because that's technically what we are as we communicate through these devices. Um, we can join the monastery and sit and think contemplative thoughts, meditate on our own ideas, or we can immediately interact and to drive home ideas that we've thought of or we've heard and want to extrapolate upon. It's one of those moments where I feel like not only is it beyond me, it might always be beyond me to contemplate this idea of thoughts that are not really our own. The thoughts, I mean, I'm physically sitting here thinking these thoughts receiving them from my brain, or my brain is receiving them from somewhere, depending on how you look at it. But are they my own? Not necessarily. That's why I always thought the term NFT was a very interesting concept, because how do you own that art? If you've then placed it on the internet, well, good luck, buddy. I see people all over the place using this sort of weird repeated cartoon character of a, of a monkey and the variations on that concept but they almost seem like the cookie cutter stickers that I received as a child. I thought they were mine and I put them in my sticker book. There was spaceships, scratch and sniff stickers, Garfield, Heathcliff Little Men no, Mr. Men and Little Miss and all of these little ideas that I thought were my own Smurfs, Care Bears. You gotta understand this is around 1983, so my little kid mind with my sticker book, collecting these stickers that I would receive from both my sisters, my parents for birthdays, Christmas. Oh boy, did I love stickers. But I didn't apply any actual worth or wealth to them 
um, I think on some level, one of my parents was, this is your reward for uh, achievement. Whereas one of my other parents were here, have something bright, shiny, colorful, and at the time, which was very popular, stinky, smelly, odiferous, if you will. Both were, please take care of this problem. One parent has a reward, one parent has a distraction. Love my parents, they're both very funny people. I'm sort of rambling. I got distracted, I just received a text message on my phone. But I'm also recording on my phone, so <laughs> it's sort of a dual purpose situation here at my drawing board. I lost my train of thought, so now I'm going to go back on the concept of NFTs. But when I was a small child and collecting these stickers, it didn't really seem to... I felt like I owned them, and I think that's my point. But like thoughts, do we own them? Do we own the NFTs? Technically, whatever the heck a blockchain is, one can use that series of encrypted codes and doodads, gigas, and baubles on the Unicode matrix to prove to another person on the internet that indeed you do own that cartoon monkey, that meme, if you will. Can you own a meme? I created a few memes, not famous ones, not true or proper ones, but ones amongst friends. Sure, we've all gone to the meme generator and made that little parrot say something whimsical and charming, but that's repetitive and silly and strange. A screen cap of anything, your favorite cartoon show, a picture of your mom with a whimsical tagline tacked on. My favorite one this year, which I think started around the 3rd of December, maybe a little earlier, probably more around Thanksgiving, you know, sometime in November. But the orb and how it is pondered is, I think, possibly not only my favorite one this year, but my favorite one all year round. Well, not all year. <laughs> of all time, actually. There's some classic ones, some interesting ones. I don't know. As you can see, I'm a bit distracted by my text message. A very important person that I just recently met. Someone who's captured my heart just sent me a text message. That's right. This electric monk that you're talking to, or rather listening to talk, probably is more human than electric. For quite some time, I've been trying to just remain a monk without it being affected by emotion. And only very recently have I felt very emotional in a positive way, in a very positive way. Two nights ago, almost three nights ago now, <clears throat> this person and I chatted and they were very complimentary and very positive, very positive thinking person. I quite like that. But they were so complimentary and so polite and so kind to me that I felt moved 
in my heart. Literally, I sat there and they paid me this wonderful compliment. And I was unable to speak and I had been talking for hours. Maybe I had just worn out of steam, you know, run out of uh, energy. But I don't think that was it. I think we had hit a rapport. And connected on some level. And that was very nice. So when their compliment was made, I didn't know what to say. I was walking on air at that at by that point. And I feel like hmm, my biggest concern this morning was has it changed? Do I feel the same way about them? Do they feel the way that I perceived them to feel? These are the thoughts that I was talking about earlier. Do we own these ideas? Can we change them? By changing them, do we change reality or merely our perception of it? These are the questions I keep on repeat in my head. I think perhaps so do you. Perhaps most people do. I was going to say everyone does, but what do I know about everything? Very little. That's the thing about everything is you can only know so much about it. Because can you know anything, let alone everything? Sure, you can know some things. Like presently, in the now, I can describe to you precisely as I'm moving my hand, taking the cover off of my coffee canister as I measure out four very large teaspoons of coffee. Why do we call them teaspoons when we're measuring out coffee? Perhaps they're just coffee spoons. <laughs> Never owned a coffee spoon. Filling up the reservoir of my coffee maker as we speak. But I can describe these things to you. I can be in the now. But can I really know anything beyond that? Perhaps. It's one of my favorite things and why I decided to become a monk. I thought there's got to be some... aspect of consciousness. Some deep thought that we can have in our minds that tells us what we're really about that we only have now that our memories are in the past our thoughts are from the future and as soon as they pass they're past and as soon as they're in the past they've passed I'm very tired. That's why my words are rambling and seemingly nonsensical. So, our time is nearly up. And now, it is time for my coffee. So until next time, I just wanted to thank you all. And uh, wanted to thank, hopefully, my two new listeners, Fatima. And I want to say Ursula, but I think I got your name wrong. 
two very nice um, girls from California who were very positive and encouraged me to make another episode. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and I hope to hear you in the future. <laughs>